The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, those are the victory horns. You're hearing them at 7.11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and they sound for the underdog. Jarazinho, Biggie Boy, Rosenstrike gets the win, gets the finish, not in the way people expected. Fourth round, referee stoppage, TKO victory. Jarzinho Rosenstrike back on track. Hands, Shamil Gaziev. I've been pronouncing his name wrong the entire time. Shout out John Anik for telling us how to pronounce it correctly throughout the broadcast. But Biggie Boy back on track as we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 87 post-fight show here at MAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the incomparable New York Rick, the man with the greatest theme song in MMA. Good to have you here, Rick. It's always a pleasure. Likewise, uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, and I agree with you. I do have the best themed song in MMA. And uh, I'm happy to talk some fights. Yes. Uh, Casey's here on the ones and twos. You'll hear from him later. And because we're going to hear from you guys. And of course, if you want to get your super chats in, you just want to hop right to the front of that line. You can go ahead and do that. So, New York Rick, Jarzin yes. Rosenstrike wins. Fight was not a quick one, like a lot no. of people expected it to be. Shamil Gadziev. Gazib, excuse me, was absolutely gassed about seven minutes into this fight. He was fighting with his mouth open through most of round two, all of round three, all of round four, while Jarzina Rosenstrike was just peppering him with jabs and leg kicks and body shots over and over again. And it seemed like in the fourth round, Rosenstrike probably could have gotten him out of there anyways, but he decided to stay patient, stay poised, if you will. And then in the end, Mark Goddard, being the professional referee that he is. Gazeev having an argument with his coaches, basically telling him, I'm done. I don't think I can do this anymore. I can't see. Mark Goddard tells the doctor to come into the octagon and says, hey, I want to hear exactly. I want to know exactly what he's saying to these guys right now. And he found out Gazeev can't see out of an eye and without even questioning it, stops the fight. So A-plus refereeing from Mark Goddard, in my opinion. But your reaction to the fight Rosenstrike's performance and Gazeev's performance in just a second UFC fight in his first UFC main event. Yeah. Um, great work by Mark Goddard. Um, asked the corner to repeat kind of the conversation that was happening. I think he could tell that something was going on there. And they said that he said he cannot see out of that one eye. When reiterated, I believe I actually heard Gazeev say that he couldn't see out of the eye and then Goddard uh, waved it off. So great, great job by Goddard kind of trying to get to the bottom of that. Wasn't a main event that 
we needed to see continue at that point. It seemed like Rosenstrike had completely taken over and Gazeev was done. Um, so yeah, why why even send him back out there for any additional damage, especially if he's compromised? So great job by referee Mark Goddard, as usual. He's, he tends to be one of the better referees. As far as the performance, like it, you can't really dock Rosenstrike in any capacity. Like he did exactly what he needed to do. It was a patient um, performance. It wasn't the, you know, blood and guts banger type knockout that uh, potentially sometimes the UFC tries to push when they do these heavyweight main events. But um, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't think it was just a byproduct of anything the UFC is saying. I think a lot of people expected this to be over relatively quickly. Uh, we did not get that, but it's hard to fault Rosenstrike for any of, of the things that happened here. He was clearly um, the, the fighter who was winning this fight and, and was trying to finish uh, Gazeev. He was just not being successful. I imagine if it went, if he did come out one more round, there's, there's probably a possibility he would have gotten it the, the cleaner way and, and been able to finish this fight. But not necessary. A TKO is a TKO. And as far as Gazeev goes, like not impressive, like was just not a, a, a performance that's going to make me think that his long-term prospects are very good. Very reminiscent um, of Abus Magomedov, in my opinion, like similar vibes to that, where it was just like, yeah, I've got one round in me. And then you meet somebody who's been around the UFC for a while and uh, you're just cooked. So not impressive. Um, and Jarzinho did what he needed to do. No, there, I don't think there were like huge stakes here, huge implications. So, you know, there's not a lot to really like unpack from this, um, because Jarzinho will just be in another main, main event against another lowly ranked heavyweight, um, at some point. And that, and that's what the future is. Um, but yeah, not a lot of stakes here and, uh, went about as expected. Yeah. There are like no stakes to this fight at all. Yeah. It's crazy. Is he get? He's about to main event against Waldo Cortez Acosta. Sure, freaking Apex. Is he not? But yeah. but New York. Why are we not doing the Derek Lewis fight? This is just right there. It's been there <laughs> for years. It's the most obvious choice, and I kind of feel like the winner of this fight was probably going to get Lewis anyways. And I feel like even if Gazeev won, they just would have threw him right in there with Derek Lewis because he's a big name, and that's the kind of guy you can get over against to some degree like look at sergey spivak he goes out and thumps up Derek lewis and then gets a main event in freaking paris with cyril gone and we all know what happened there but why like why are we so hesitant to book the Derek lewis fight that poster is gonna be money and like <laughs> what a fight like that just makes so much sense there's no way that fight's boring um with it you've sold me let's book it Derek lewis versus jarzinho rosenstrike i'm in okay well, we could probably move on here because, again, <laughs> there's not a lot of stakes. I mean, Vitor Petrino, Tyson Pedro, that fight yeah. happened. It was Tyson Pedro's final fight of his career. We had multiple retirements on this card. Tyson Pedro yes. and Jamie Pickett both announced their retirement. So happy trails to both of those gentlemen. Tyson Pedro, always super exciting. Jamie Pickett. And I guess, you know what? Shout out to the UFC. Pickett, they let Pickett fight out the rest of his contract. He said it was going to be his last one. And his career ends on a decision loss to Eric, your boy, Anders. But there were two fights in particular that – actually three, really, that people continue to talk about. And a couple of highlights as well. Let's talk about the stakes in the feature belt because this is the one everybody talked about. This is the one everyone was like, this is this should be the main event. Flyweights, Mohamed Bakayev versus Alex Perez, especially with UFC 301 lingering, coming up in May – and Alexander Pantoja expected to defend his title in that card. We just don't know who the hell he's going to fight because Brandon Moreno lost to Brandon Royval last week at UFC Mexico City. So Royval says his knee's good. He wants to fight. Mohamed Makhayev, if he goes out there and dusts up Alex Perez, it seemed like the title shot was his. Even Pantoja, speaking to our own Guillermo Cruz, said the same. Makhayev wins? Sure. I'll fight him. I think that makes a lot of sense for UFC 301. Makhayev gets the win, and that's the most important thing. Yes, he seems like he's sick. He's tweeting out photos of his own vomit in toilets, but he won. But to you, New York Rick, is this the guy who's about to fight for a world title? Was this the performance that tells you, you know what? The guy needs an opponent. Let's just throw him in there with Pantoja and just see what happens. Or is this just not enough? Are the UFC going to have to just completely pivot here to either Royval or somebody else after this? I think there are two different questions there. I think the question of is he going to be next is different than is this the performance that should make him next? Because the answer to is he going to be next is possibly the answer to should this be the performance that makes him next is absolutely not. The performance by Randon Royval against Brandon Moreno 
is 10 heads and shoulders above this, 15, 20 heads and shoulders above this performance. Like it's not even in the same realm. It's not even in the same class. Brandon Moreno, uh, Brandon Royval's performance against Brandon Moreno is in a different stratosphere than what we saw from Makayev here. So the performance, no, but is he going to be next? Possibly. I mean, Royval is not in, in a great spot. Uh, even though he had a better performance, he's not in a great spot because he's lost to Pantoja twice. Like there's just a reality to that. And and the second one was a, was a drubbing. Like there, there was not a good uh, showing from him there. So I would understand if they went a different direction, I would understand why they wouldn't potentially want to go back to Brandon Royval. But if you're asking me if this was the performance that stamped his claim to a UFC title shot, absolutely not, not impressive. I'm, I, I honestly don't know what to think about this whole situation because I'm very curious how the UFC views him in his future right now because how can you not look at this guy and be like, he's going to be a champion at some point. But when you look at some I mean, of the other up-and-comers... probably puts a damper on that talk, honestly. Okay, I, that's fair. But if the UFC is fully invested in Muhammad Haif. Like they are convinced that this guy is going to be a champion for years and years to come once he captures the belt. I actually feel like it would be promotional malpractice to give him a title shot after that performance. Like I think hmm. if you're fully invested in this guy for the next 6 or 7 years, I think throwing him into a title fight right now after that performance would just be awful. Like I think it's just a bad business decision and keep this guy cooking a little bit more. He obviously he has holes that he needs to improve upon. Let's let him continuously, slowly make these strides because I do think he's going to get there and I think he's going to learn from this performance. And Alex Perez, to his credit, is not a scrub. Like the guy is a solid, no. like a solid fighter. He's fought for a belt. He's got on nice winning streaks in this division. He's beat some real good dudes. And I thought he actually fought pretty well. Like Makayev couldn't take take him down early. He was doing a real good job defending. Yeah, he ended up on his back and ended up in a, in trouble in the final seconds of that round. But it didn't did hurt Perez. He kept coming on. He had a good third round. So Perez is just a wily vet, man. He got in there and he got the job done. And to me, it's very important that when you have your worst days, especially when you're an up and comer and there's a lot of hype behind you, getting the win is the most important thing. Hamza Chimaev was obviously was like a fight of the year against Gilbert Burns, but a lot of people poo pooed Hamza Chimaev after that because, oh, he got tested. He didn't run through Gilbert Burns. He might've even lost that fight. So to me, I think you got to look another direction. And and if they're not fully invested in Muhammad Mikhaev, then maybe you do throw him in there and just like see what he can do. But if I'm fully invested in this kid and I think he's going to be our the face of our division for the next seven or eight years, once he gets the belt, I think you cannot throw him into a title fight after that. Am I crazy? Here's where I'd push back slightly. One, I don't think the UFC is capable of that type of long-term planning. I don't think they're able to look at guys and say eight years from now, this guy's going to be a champion because the sport is too wild. The sport is too fluid and you just can't realistically work with timelines like that. UFC wants to get Sean O'Malley in there to win a belt at the first available opportunity that they feel like they can conceivably do it. And then they do it and you, you roll the dice on that and you see where it goes. I don't think that that's how the UFC operates. I don't think they can look at Makayev and say, he's going to be the champion in XYZ years and we're going to have to do it that way. I think if they can conceivably put him into a title shot right now, they would. And I don't think that's off the table. Um, and in addition to that, flyweight seems to be the division just because of the lack of true contenders or bad luck or whatever the reasons are, that even if you lose this title shot, you're going to be back there in three fights. Anyway, you're going to be fighting for a title again in three fights. So I don't think he would lose much stock if he was to go in there against Pantoja, who I think everybody would have him as a, as a massive favorite uh, Pantoja. That is as a massive favorite over Makayev right now. Um, if he lost, he'd be back in three fights anyway. So I don't think there's a lot on the line in terms of that. I don't think the long-term potential of Makayev is sacrificed in that regard um, because of how quick it is to get back to a flyweight title shot. I don't think, I don't think you're really hurting much of anything. He beats Royval or Moreno or somebody on the back end of a loss to Pantoja. And he's right back in there. We just literally saw this with Royval. So I don't think I don't think he's at risk of anything there, but I will say if you you it's important to paint the picture and it's important to have all the context. If he truly was sick and this was him at his worst, 
then it's a pretty decent performance. It's, a, it's, it's, it's something that you look at and can go, I can understand how he got to this position. I agree with you. I don't think Alex Perez is a pushover. And I think Alex Perez is somebody who is looking at Mohamed Magayev and saying, if I can stop his takedowns, I have a chance to win this fight and tried to effectively do that. That was his game plan um, in this fight. He just wasn't active enough once he was able to stop those takedowns. Um, so if somebody's coming in with that game plan, it's you're you're not going to look your best. So I think there are circumstances here where you could say maybe this is the worst we're going to see Mohamed Makayev look, and that you would hope in a, title, a potential title fight he'd look better. Um, I just don't think that he's going to be the guy that's going to come in there and and beat Pantoja, especially with the way he's been looking lately. But I also don't hate the idea just for the idea of uh, Pantoja getting a, a, a fresh face. Honestly, if I'm the Uf- in the UFC shoes, I would ask Pantoja, hey, who do you want to fight? Just give give us the name and and we'll make it happen. Um, I think he's good enough to have earned that. And I also think there there is a lack of really great options here. Um, I think Royval would be the best fight of the potential options. Although I've been seeing a lot of people talking about Kyoji Horiguchi. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I don't hate that. I don't hate that one bit. I, I think that that'd idea. be absolutely incredible. I don't know if that's even in the realm of possibility at this moment in time, but if we're choosing between Makayev and Royval, I would rather see the Royval fight. I think he would do better, um, but I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it either. This is a division that that just doesn't have a lot of names at the top. After Manel caught blue weight and didn't get that fight, all bets were off, and now we're in a position where there's not like a clear guy who stamped their ticket, but the best performance was Roy Ball by far. Yeah, I'd be real curious to uh, see what Pantoja has to say about that because he's already beat Roy Ball yeah. twice. Does he look at it like, all right, I'll just beat this dude again, or is he like, I want to fight somebody different? I, I just, it's going to be so interesting because I honestly think a lot of this depends on what happens next week too because i think if if jailton almeida goes out there and just runs curtis blades in like two minutes i could see a big time world where the ufc says hey tommy aspinall you want to headline a pay-per-view oh wow in brazil against jailton almeida let's do that there's your main event and then it doesn't really matter who pantoja fights he's the co-main event and he can make the brazilian fans happy with whoever he fights so i think a lot of people hamper on that so that's that's, that's rough opinion. for Tom Aspinall. That's a rough spot to put Tom Aspinall in. I'm not, and I'm not saying that from the perspective that I think Jalton Almeida beats Tom Aspinall because right now you ask me, I don't think he does. I think Tom probably uh, beats him. But man, to go into enemy, enemy territory after winning the interim title and being told no by Stipe and John and having other plans, that's a rough spot for Tom. Uh, but I do like it. I think it's a good main event if if they're in Brazil. But if it if it is ultimately Alessandre Pantoja's card if they ultimately are hinging this on uh, the Brazilian pay-per-view on Alessandre Pantoja I'd say just ask him let him choose that, that he should he yeah. should be able to pick it let him choose what he wants pick pick Yoji Oroguchi <laughs> if that's an option run that immediately oh god that'd be incredible so yep Kai gets the job done and hopefully we see better days for him i would like to see him get one more fight even if it's like a brand royval throw him in there with steve ursig i'd watch the hell out of that fight because he well, maybe you throw him in there he goes out and just ices match Dell with a walk-off ko why isn't he in the mix i know he's not like the most he's not a trash talker or anything but the man delivered if this is if this is like a john and Anna called this moving day for the flyweights if it's if that's how the ufc viewed this then steve ursig is the mover and shaker of all these flyweights, is he not? Yeah, man. I was very, very impressed by Steve Ursig and have been ever since he came into the UFC, especially the circumstances with which he came into the UFC. The dude's got something. And yeah, you're right. Like he's not going to be the one who's talking trash and and doing that part of the job. But when it comes to the performances, man, he has been absolutely incredible. What one of the one of the highlights of the night for sure. I'm a, I'm a fan of of what that dude's bringing to the flyweight division. Yeah, that was nasty. I actually picked Matchdell to have like this come from behind fight. And I thought the fight was as, very as similar to what we had. But, but as, boy, as he, he does, as got... he has done before, I don't think you're I don't think you're alone there. I think there's some people who thought Schnell could do something like that. Uh, but two action guys. I love that matchmaking and I love that fight. That's a crazy fight. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. 
and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's talk about what happened in the second fight of the main card. Umar Nurmagomedov. 16-0 heading into this fight, taking on a, provo- a promotional newcomer, Bexat Almakhan, who, if you're a hardcore fan, you know this guy is pretty damn good, probably should have been in the UFC anyways, takes this fight on relatively short notice. It, they said on the broadcast they were kind of gearing him up to be on the contender series, but he takes this fight with Umar, and seconds in, he drops Umar and hurts him bad. And we're just like, oh my God, I cannot believe this is going down. But then Umar just somehow turned a knockdown into a seamless takedown. Like it was insane how he pulled that off. And then from that point on, Umar, his takedowns just could not be stopped. He started battering Bex out around. And I think it was two 30-26s and a 30-25 in there, which I have no issue with either any of those scorecards. Umar moves to 17-0. This guy is very, very good. Calls out Corey Sanhagen to go ahead and rebook that fight. Just to give away my on to the next one selection, it's pretty obvious. That is 1 million percent the fight I want to see. Your takeaways from Umar Nurmagomedov and his performance. I'd actually like to start with Almakan, who I was just impressed with. Like to, to step in there against Umar in this, in this environment and this notice – he did well. He did well enough. Um, he, he was able to escape some uh, rocky positions. He obviously rocked them in the, in the beginning of the fight. And it's just one of those where you go, I really like to see his next fight because he stepped into deep waters right off the bat. It's, as you said, it sounded like they were grooming him for contender series and instead to then fight Umar Nurmagomedov. Like, that's a, that's a huge step up. That's a massive moment. And you kind of think, okay, this was what he needed to do do to get into the UFC. Now I'd like to see what he does next and to go from here, but I'm interested in that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what he does next as far as Umar, like, yeah, he got rocked and then he just completely dominated the rest of the fight, turned it on con- completely controlled it. As you said, two 36, uh, two 30, 26 and one 30, 25, like not, not really in danger from that point on, um, in the fight and just completely did what he needed to do called out Corey Sandhagen. That's the fight to make. And I do think there's an element here where you look at Umar and you don't see the sheer dominance that you saw with Habib or even in Islam, although Islam did get knocked out earlier in his career. But when it comes to bell to bell, you don't see that. Um, 
and and the positional control that Habib had, where it it led to some finishes because he was just so far ahead of people, that you could see a world where you could talk yourself into a Corey Sandhagen giving him trouble. Then you could even get higher than that in the rankings and start talking about guy names like Marab Devalishvili and others. And there's a world where he doesn't just immediately jump to the top and become the future champion so I, i'm also interested in what umar does from here and how he looks in future performances there's there's the elements there there's there's the ability to find those takedowns and have that position that we've seen from habib and the other dagestani fighters um but i do think there's a little more vulnerability that has been shown and something that would make his next step more interesting and if that next step is Corey sandhagen extremely interesting yeah, I just want to keep seeing this dude fight. <laughs> like, I yeah. really do. Um, all right, we're trying to figure out bonuses. I will. We will let you know the second we hear about them. Uh, I think we know what the performance of the Knights are. Uh, Steve Ersig <laughs> is one of them. We will get to the other one in a moment. Uh, shout out the rest of the winners. Eric Anders hands Jamie Pickett his final loss of his career. Eamon Zahabi with the upset win over Jabir Basharat. That was crazy. Yes. What a victory. He was like Roy something Duncan like a the, six yeah, to one dog or something. I mean, an insane. Yeah. He was like a plus 535 or something yeah. like that. It was nuts. Yeah. Great fight. Great fight. Great performance. Ariel Hawani just crushing it inside the octagon. <laughs> Christian Leroy Duncan uh, finishes Claudio Ribeiro. Claudio Ribeiro looked, had nothing for CLD at all. CLD just looking a little violent in there. Good performance. Uh, Ludwig Klein just bodies up AJ Cunningham, who was tougher than a $2 stake. I was so glad that he got that. He got him out of there because I just not, did not want to see AJ Cunningham come out for another round. Uh, looking forward to see Cunningham at 145 though, on a full camp dude is a dog and I am excited to see what is next for him. Uh, Loic Rajvidov pulls off an upset early, uh, gets a finish in the opening fight, but how about Venetius Oliveira, New York, Rick crazy fight with Sopai. And it is wild. It is crazy. Venetius Oliveira hurts him real bad. And then kaboom, flying knee from hell lands absolutely perfect. That was one of the scariest knockouts you will ever see. Like I just I looked at that knockout and I think to myself, I don't know how this guy's ever gonna be the same again after getting knocked out like that. It was just a game changer. It is definitely gonna be on our list for knockouts of the year at the end of the year. I'd be stunned if it isn't. What a freaking knee that was. <laughs> incredible when he when he had him lined up against the cage i was like oh boy whatever he's about to do is is gonna be brutal and when he landed that flying knee yeah i mean clearly gonna be one of the, the knockouts of the year look dog era's beginning like I'm, I'm a fan i'm all in on this like that that was some vicious vicious stuff and his his contender series knockout was also one of those that makes you go oh okay this this is a guy this is somebody i need to pay attention to uh flying knee for the ages incredible knockout my my most memorable moment from this card uh, hands down I, I will remember this loke dog ko uh forever yeah absolutely uh still waiting on a fight of the night but yes steve erstag benicia Oliveira, well-earned 50k for those performances and man, this card was uh, was something. Prelims started off on fire. Everyone was like, oh yeah. boy, wait till we get to the main card. Steve Ursay kicks it off with a big knockout. And then, you know, things kind of, well, I mean, the Umar performance is impressive. And then, you know, not tremendously action-packed fights the rest of the way. But that is UFC Vegas 87 is in the books. We will let you know what the fight of the night is, if there is one. Or maybe they just had a couple performance ones. Or maybe they just said to themselves, you know what? There is no fight of the night. Just these two guys get bonuses, which I think would be a little bit unfair. But in the meantime, let's bring in E. Casey Lydon. Let's hear from the peeps. There he is. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Hi. Oh, a Khalil Roundtree question. I know Hi, New York yeah. would love that. <laughs> I love Khalil Roundtree. Let's talk. How can you not? How can you not? All righty. Man, no love for Makayev. I was like, I, I didn't feel that way about the fight, but uh, if that's what, you, that, that's what you saw. Tell us. What, what, did you, what did you take away? That Makayev is really good. And I, I think Alex, uh, Alex Perez is a, you know, a top 10 flyweight. And he, um, I, I just think Makayev is getting better. And he just is an incredible scrambler, an incredible wrestler. And I actually, I actually was entertained by the fight. Yeah, I would like to see maybe more damage, but I think we say that about every Makaya fight. But but Makaya is just 
Jesus is tough. And like, I just think he's really good. And I think if I'm Pantoja, I take the Makai fight right now because I don't think Makai is getting worse. He's going to get better. So beat him up now. Beat him up. He wanted, he called for the, he called for the title fight right at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He called for it. You got, you got your promo. You got, you got your quote. You got your, put in the, put in the promo, put Joe Rogan saying he's an animal, you know, all that stuff. You got it. <laughs> So uh, I, I, were I you think, more I think, impressed? I think McIve's younger. I think McIve's young enough too to, if he does lose to Pantoja and gets his butt kicked, he can grow from it and then become better. And then we'll see him when he's twenty five instead of twenty three. Or I whatever. mean, it sounds like we're mostly on the same page. Do you think that that performance yeah. was better than Royval's? Uh, Do you think that? Right, kind of cruising uh, um, in the final three oh, rounds no, against Moreno is less impressive than it was, it was, it was, it was it equally as impressive. My actually, my, my big issue actually, I want to bring this up. Sorry, my big issue of the uh, Makayev though is he fought the apex on the third fight from the top. It wasn't even like the co-main. It wasn't even like a featured fight. Yeah. And that's actually the bigger issue from a promotional standpoint. Who saw this fight? What weirdos no, were at home it's, watching it's a good point. this? watching this you know and 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 roy Val fought main event fight night sold out arena that's why i would still give it to roy Val, just because from a promotional standpoint but i have no issue with makayev getting it and if they want a fresh matchup i would do pantoja makayev because makayev i think can't handle a loss and come back from it and the ufc can have this really kind of I know he's not the youngest champion, but the second youngest champion ever, you know, all that stuff. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of ways to go, but, um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't poop. I'm not poo pooing Mikhaev's performance as much as maybe, no, you, maybe you are or, or like no, saying, I, no one's, I think we no agree. I think we agree. We're on the same page. Okay. He yeah. won. That's all that matters. Mm. Perez Roy, Roy Val had a, one. I, mm. I had Royval having a better performance, mm-hmm. right? Like significantly, especially against the level of competition mm. that that uh, Brandon Moreno is. But yeah, I I wouldn't poo-poo a Makayev title shot. Yeah. I just don't think this was the performance that goes, I need to have the title shot. Whereas he had that yeah. opportunity, right? Yeah. He goes I out there and I, smokes him. It's his. It's his I don't, title th- shot. I, don't, yeah. I just don't think it was possible, honestly. The card placement and on an apex card compared to what Royval had in a sold out arena. I just think everything was point. set up for, for a Royval, but I, but I, sure. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. That's all. I, I, on it, I honestly think, cause I don't, I would be stunned if Dana White does a press conference. I, I'd be stunned if he was even in the building for this card, but, uh, Venetius and Sopai fight of the night. So Venetius gets two bonuses. Congratulations. He, he deserves well deserved. it. Whoa, he got the full hundred k Good for him. Good for him. Was Tristan Connolly the last guy to do that? Yeah, the, what, was that the Pereira fight? Yeah, because Years Pereira missed weight, so he got the he got the whole hundred k for fight of the night. Oh, okay. We got the other that, side, that but crazy. I can't remember. Yeah, someone got fight of the night and performance. So um, yeah, it's been a minute. Congrats. It's been a minute. No, but what I was saying is Dana. Because if Dana goes up and does a press conference today, you know he would be asked about Makayev. Is he going to fight Pantoja? Yeah. And Dana White is not going to come out and say, yeah, he's next. He's not going to do what he did with Marab after he beat Cejudo and be like, yeah, dude, Marab's fighting the winner of Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. He's next. He's When he's asked about that, he'll say, "I don't." He, this would be a, I don't make fights the night of the fight. We'll have a matchmaking meeting on Tuesday type of answer. You know what I mean? And I think that would probably hurt Makayev's chances, but maybe it helps that that post-fight press conference isn't happening and we don't have a quote that's all over the internet of Dana saying, eh, not ready to say that. I don't know. Match meeting, Matchmaking meeting on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens. But I do agree with New York Rick. Ask Fantoja. You pick. You decide. Because that's kind of yeah. the position he's in right now. So, And this is pick. all the assumption that we think that Pantoja is going to be on 301, right? It's just he's got. So they, they don't have many other options, and it seems like he's been yeah. kind of forecasting that. So yeah, all right. They could they could run a interim BMF belt. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> this is the UFC. Come on. Um, yeah, yeah. That's true. but I, I I I see where everyone's talking about. I see the comments. You know, oh, Mikhaev, you know, he was on his knees the whole time. Yeah, I think whatever. Yeah, dude, no one's no one's arguing his ceiling. Like it's a high yeah. ceiling. He's good. 
Dude's real young there, and real there, good. There's an argument, though, to, to send him to that title fight too soon and, and maybe take a hellacious butt kicking. But um, the boy wants it, man. He's been he's been doing he's yeah. been fighting at a high level for a bit now, and um, I'm down for it. But like, I wouldn't be mad if they threw him in there with yeah. I wouldn't be mad if they threw Mikhaif in there with like Nikolau or Cop or any Kaikar France, like any of these guys. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if they did that. And then if he comes out and has like a undeniable performance, then you give him the shot. But either way, if they give him the shot now, they give him the shot, and we'll see what he can do. Cool, cool. All right, we've got some questions. We've got some super chatties first. Let's go. Um, got Casey Carpenter here. All right. There's one There's one super chat I'm waiting for because I know it's coming. <laughs> Who could that something be? something we talked about. The pre- <laughs> uh, I think we know. Uh, Casey Carpenter. Is, is Jarzino Rosarek the Apexy champion? <laughs> is there one? I guess. Is it I mean, a new title? I saw some comments saying, is Apexy the new middleweighty? I kind of feel like Brennan Allen could be the Apexy champion too. Uh, I was what is the distinction between the Apex? What is this distinction between middleweighty and Apexy though? What, That's what are the great, di- Casey, What are the, the shades? Super chat back in. Describe <laughs> what an Apexy means. Put it in. Put it in terms we'll understand. I don't know. Right. Just someone who shines at the Apex. Rose Strike kind of does well in the Apex. Got a lot of main events there. Okay, um, got a super chat from our buddy Terrence Leverett. Terrence, Umar doesn't deserve Corey. He's a wrestler. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. There's, there, Umar deserves Corey just from the simple fact that Corey's the only one who seems willing to fight him that's ranked above him. Like uh, the opportunities are few and far between. The fact that Corey, I mean, I think honestly, I believe it says more about Corey than anything. The fact that Corey is willing to sacrifice, potentially sacrifice his ranking uh, in a fight with Umar says the world of Corey Sanhagen um because he's not one of those people who who believe he he in his heart believes he deserves to be fighting up and fighting for belts and fighting in number one contender fights but he seems to be the only one who can put that to the side at certain times and do what needs to be done and fight uh umar so the fact that he's even already pre-saying yes to it and considering it and has already been booked in it um that's the fight to make because quite frankly like who else are you going to get to say yes like it doesn't really happen the predictions coming into this fight, calling Umar versus uh, Al Almakan, Almakan. How do you say his name? Yeah, Almakan. Almakan. Yeah, that that could be like the potential, like um, was it Armin versus uh, Islam Ahmedchev? Sure. And um, you know what? It, those comparisons, we we'll have, we'll have to go back on this fight in a couple of years, but that could have been there because that gentleman did look very good. He did look like we will see him as a top. A minimum top fifteen bantamweight for a good while. Was, was that the most impressive thirty twenty five ing you've ever seen? <laughs> like I, yeah. I can't think of a guy who's ever looked better getting thirty twenty five. Is this true? It was, yeah. He looked good. He looked like he belonged in there, in the worst of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, w- you're coming into the UFC short notice. Fight Umar. Let's go. Like that's not that's not an easy thing. But he looked as good as you could look for getting thirty twenty five. And look at this, like. Terrence, we love you. But Umar 30-25 the man, and we're still saying, what is, does Umar really deserve to move up the rankings? Like, he, all those criticisms of taking this fight kind of came back. Now We're hearing it now. Well, he didn't destroy him in 10 seconds, so clearly this is like a, a loss for Umar, which it wasn't. It was a very good he fight. And him. I know, and he still destroyed him, but he didn't finish him, and he got hit once. You know, yeah. so it's just... Fans, but fans. this is what this is what makes what Corey is potentially doing here so much more impressive. Because when you do that, when you fight down, when you fight somebody who's that many spots away, if you don't look like a world beater, people go, "Oh, you stink." And Corey's like, "I just want to test my Corey Corey Sanhagen. God bless him. I don't want to make this like a Corey Sanhagen love fest, but I do really love Corey Sanhagen and that. his mentality toward fighting." <laughs> has consistently said. He is interested in winning championships. He wants to prove he's the best. But the path to that is fighting and testing himself against the best fighters in MMA. That is how you prove you're the best. It is not rank versus rank. It is not this versus that. It is 
give me the best possible MMA opponent that I can get at the moment and I will fight then. And if I beat them, give me the next best. And he continues to, to stay on that path. And if Umar is the guy that can get him to the next level above that, then that's what he'll do. And shout out to Corey Sanhagen and all respect to Corey Sanhagen because he is living a true martial arts lifestyle. And, and they're, they're fewer and further between these days. Um, and that's why it's hard because most people don't have that mentality. Most people want to sit on their ranking as, as, Hard, as long as they can and only fight people above them and credit to umar for taking this fight like he deserves credit Hell yeah like this is what this is big yep. big risk that's the big most risk. dangerous fight it's the most dangerous yes. fight there is a good fighter that nobody knows like it's a very dangerous thing two last things i want to say about that real quick one i want the Corey fight because i want to see how good this guy is there are people yeah. on our website that are already saying that umar made up is the best band in the world Right now, he's the best bantamweight in the world. They're saying this. And I don't agree with that, but it doesn't mean that they're wrong. I just – I'm not convinced of that yet. He is very, very good. He that. might be that guy. But if he goes out there at 30-25's Corey Sanhagen, then I'm like, okay, damn. This dude's going to win a belt. Well, but hopefully that would be – I want to see that. Hopefully that'd be a main event and maybe it's, you know, 50, 50, 43 or something uh, if he's able to pull that off. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I'm I'm interested in those people that believe he's the best, but to your point, like that's not what I've seen yet, but I'd be interested to find out. I definitely want to find out. And then by the way, remember Corey Sanhagen's last fight? Yeah. Who did he call out? Who did he call out after he won his last fight? He didn't call for a title fight. He didn't call for he called for freaking Marab to Wallace Willie. Nobody calls for Marab. Nobody. But he Corey wants does. to fight the best guys. Corey's the Respect. freaking man. G- give me the worst matchup. Guy. Give me the worst matchup. <laughs> By the way, I think I think Marab is is the best guy. I think Corey Corey yeah, had that right, and and the people on at MMA Fighting who rank Marab as number one are probably correct. No, okay. Just, just a great, just the best division, the best division. <laughs> just the best division behind lightweight. Yes, thank you, Mike. Uh, moving on, moving on, moving on. Sorry, internet went out there. Sorry. Um. <laughs> it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I uh, got a super chat from Super Samoan Eagle Team. Ursag Eagles Dark Horse. He might be. He might he just be. Might be. I am very interested in his next fight. In his next fight. Now, okay, now I'm like, all right. I want to see. I'm 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 sold on him now as far as being a contender. Uh a top ten guy. Let's yep. it, that, now that's I think I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Ursag era. I want to see it. For, for a division to be a dark horse in, this is the best one, right? Because you can move up the rankings quick here. You can you can skip half the steps in flyweight because they are desperate for people to challenge for these titles. There are there have been rematch after rematch after rematch. If you can string together three, four in a row, you're you're getting close. I mean, Makayev, right, is somebody who is now six and zero in the UFC, four finishes, like. He's putting the work and he's there. Like Urseg, you, you get a few more and you're there. You're knocking on the door already. So oh. This is a great division. Yeah. You get you get one, two more, and it's like, I'm there. I'm right there. So yeah, I don't hate it. I think Urseg is is a fan favorite and everybody's kind of excited to see what he does. I agree. God, when he fights Tetsuro Tyra down the line. <laughs> oh my god, I, I I kind of forgot about Tyra. Yeah, Tyra's right there too. That's yeah. that sucks. Give Tetsuro a rank guy. Let's go. Right. But yeah, Ursaig yeah, is. Yeah, could fight. Like him and Amir Albazi would be fun. Like, I actually think that's a real. Oh, that's interesting. Right. That's very high up to jump. That's interesting. I like I that. I like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. I dig it. I dig it. I, I don't think, I don't see Amir Albazi taking that fight, though. 
He doesn't mean he he's, he's not fight. Umar. He's not going to fight that far down the rankings. And this yeah. is just fighting <laughs> too far down. All right. Uh, another super chat. Michael. Good name, my friend. Uh, Biggie Boy versus the winner of Tuivasa Tibora is my pick. All right. We're getting on to the next one picks. I don't hate it. Biggie Boy versus Tuivasa is a good time. As long as it's an Apex. Marching Tibora. Marching <laughs> Tibora. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> the Apex. He's got to defend his Apex title against yeah. somebody. I hope it's tied to Ivasa and not Marching Tibora because yeah. I like I like this fight. I have no problem with it. I- I'm, I'm okay. Wow, with hanging on tied to a board. Uh, tied to a board. <laughs> Tibora. You know what I said? I know. fine. You can't get excited for Tibora. Oh, I'm joking. No one can. I think I'm so. just, I'm just fake on you. I'm twice. just fake on you. They did try to make that fight a couple of times, so maybe it's due. Maybe third time's the charm. Stylistically, Tuivasa and and Rosenstrike could be fun. Um, you know, the technical striking versus the the more wild but powerful <laughs> striking of Tai Tuivasa could be fun because I think he could get Rosenstrike into a firefight where Rosenstrike either wins or gets slapped, and uh, that would be fun. So yeah, I, I dig that fight. Let's go. All right, gentlemen. We have a super chat. A $9.99 super Whoa, chat. Oh, shout out. Is that who it is? Is, is it is who I'm expecting? Who is it? Ah, there the kill is. Let's go. Some extra chatter since I balled out tonight. Rick, 7 out of 10, agree with you today for once. Casey and Mike, 10 out of 10. Jan and Song, fight of the night next week. By the way, let's just shout yeah, out Achilles real quick. Okay. And then uh and then New York Rick, you can go. Achilles jumped on our People's Pre Fight show and said, rate this parlay. And let me pull it up real quick. Uh because Casey sent it to it. me. I just was thinking about it the exact Oh, you got it right now? All right. Oh no, I don't have it. Oh no, I lied. I I'll read it. Uh he had Zahabi, Anders, Bahaev, uh Nurmagomeda, Petrino, and Rosenstrike. That's what he said. Those are his picks. So I assume that's and why I I like, it. Uh, he yeah. says he's balling out. So I'm assuming that he, he made some extra cheddar off that. That's great. Congratulations, Achilles Jr. Sorry. Um, Sorry, well it, done. This, this is this is the actual tweet. I mean, the, the tweet, the uh, comment earlier. There you go. But I'm also confused, Achilles. I'm well, a little confused. Yeah, Mike. No, I'm confused because I believe you tweeted me. And you said you're in Texas. It's a, your tweet. I believe this is you. Texas is dumb and I can't make a real parlay, but man, that would have paid out handsomely. And it looks like a <laughs> DraftKings lineup, which it appears you won money. So you did ball it a little bit. Um, so did we actually cash a parlay here or did we just we made this in the DraftKings lineup but still made some money? I'm also know. just interested in what the odds on that parlay are. Like I haven't heard Me too. exactly what the number is. So I'd like to I'd like to know. If you could send that in, uh, I also appreciate a seven out of ten because so far I've been getting ones and twos and zeros, and you haven't agreed with anything I've said. So uh, maybe we're turning over a new leaf. Let me know. Maybe we can, you know, meet up and uh, and squash the beef, shake hands, be friends, uh, pick a spot, maybe super chat in where we could meet up and uh, and perform this action. And uh, yeah, let's move on. But uh, shout out to Achilles Junior. Hopefully he's balling out on that. Uh, and you you pay for you pay for that lunch because of this uh, party that you want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we can be Congrats, man. I mean, just throwing that out there for the world to see is is impressive. Zahabi, and I even said on the People's Pre Show, I'm like, Zahabi, if Zahabi wins, like you have a real good chance of cashing this. But I didn't think he was going to win. But oh, he also asked he uh, an actual question that I forgot. Um, Song Yudong and, and Peter Yan uh, uh, for Fight of the Night next week. Uh, is it possible? Yeah, I, I, I suppose so. I mean, there's other ones I'd probably pick above it, but I don't. I think it has as good a chance as as anything. Yeah, yeah. On a card where Dustin Poirier and Benoit Santini are about to fight each other, I, that's gonna I, be tough. There's some yeah. real all action guys on this card. Like, there's a lot that could potentially be fighting the night. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with no fights of the night and getting um, lots of performance and bonuses from finishers and things like that. So yeah, but but I don't think it's not in the running. I think that that style matchup could sure. be, could be pretty damn fun. Boy, the stakes for this fight for Piotr Jan are off the yeah. freaking charts, man. I mean, yeah. it's uh, he's all in on this one. This is do or die for a guy who was just the champion. Everyone thought was the best bantamweight in the world not that long ago, 
And then I think there's some people who still and yeah. I think there's some people who still think he's there that think, you know, look, it's been a tough run, but like he's still in that kind of class and still in that category. I and mean, this would be an opportunity to prove that. He obviously he obviously lost to Marab. So he's not the best bantamweight in the world. But I thought he beat O'Malley. I thought he beat yeah. Sterling in the rematch. So, you know, if I just go by what I think, you know, he's kind of like the number two bantamweight, you know, if, if the judges wouldn't have gone my way. But we are, we, we're, yeah. we're here. Yeah. So we'll see. Four fight, four fight losing streak for Piotr Jan. It's a big one yeah. next week. He needs Sonny it. Jan's real good. Yeah. He needs it. It's a good I, fight. He needs it in the sense that if he wants to be a contender, but maybe he's just a maybe he's just a top ten bantamweight. We don't know a top fifteen bantamweight. I guess I guess that's. I mean, I don't. Does he get cut? If he loses? no, no, he's no. not going to be cut. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, we have so much. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Until then, uh, I eat does. Okay. I was trying to like not bisbing myself into saying something yeah. that I shouldn't say. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> Uh, why are we wasting Anik on the call tonight? He needs to rest his sweet, sultry vocals for the incredible UFC 299 card next week. Shout out to John Anik for a number of things he said, um, including, by the way, a Francis Ngannou name drop. So kudos mm. to John Anik for that. Oh, Dewey Cooper's well, not here because he's in Saudi with Francis Ngannou. Uh, I was like, yeah, wait, way to go. And then he was like, we're in the Apex here, and boy, you can hear a pin drop. Not used to these <laughs> Apex cards. I love that too. Um, was, oh, yeah. was, was he in Mexico City? Was, did he do the Mexico City call? And I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Mm. I, don't, I do not remember. Was it I don't remember either. God, I think it was Fitzy. I think it was Fitzy actually. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I don't honestly it, remember. Is the assumption that he did this card because they booked it as if it was going to be in Saudi? Like, why did he do this? Could card? be. Uh, yeah, it could be. That makes sense. Okay. I can't think of another reason. And I, yeah, but again, I you're right. I, I'm just at an absence of reasons, and that's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, I'm I sure Anik sure was thrilled when it yeah. didn't happen in Saudi. It was happening in Vegas because if he had okay. to do that, fly all the way to Saudi, call the car, Ooh. and then fly all the way back, that'd be tough. But luckily, 299 is not far from where he lives, so okay. that's going to be good for him. Hey, come on, UFC cheats him right. He gets business class right. He gets a layback. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's still a long flight. Yeah, it is a long flight. Uh, what you say? Yeah, and yeah, it, it is a sweet, sultry vocal. Yeah, his voice <laughs> sure is. He'll be good to go. All right. Ooh, we got a nine ninety nine super chat from Terrence Leverett. Let's go, oh, Terrence. Okay. The reason I say that we're going back to the to the other comment where he said he doesn't deserve it. Uh, Umar, that is pronounced pal. The reason I say that is. Because Corey is a stylistic favorite matchup. I want to see Grappler versus Grappler. We don't see enough of it. What happens when he has to stand? Corey Sanhagen's a pretty damn good Grappler, guys. He he's is. a tricky tricksman on that mat. And he's a very good scrambler. And he's pretty damn good down there as well. I know he's more known for his striking and his, and his movement. But I want to see this because Corey is, a well, is about as well-rounded of a 35-er in this division. Where he excels... In just about every aspect. And that's what I want to see. And he can friggin' crack too. So that's why I say it. But do, do you what do you think of this, New Yorker? I'm I, I understand where Terrence is coming from, but I also am looking at the reality of the division, right? If you look at the at the ranked bantamweights, like really the only names that you're potentially talking about are Sohudo and and Dvalishvili. Um Sterling still has a ranking, but Sterling is gonna be a featherweight. So you're really talking about either Suhudo and Dvalishvili. Suhudo I wouldn't hate, but I don't imagine they do that. It seems like the Dagestan and Suhudo camps are a little too friendly. Maybe they would. Maybe that'd be an opportunity that Henry would take now that he's not retired and say, hey, I'll fight Umar. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. I can't see Marab doing it. And I think it would be real no. rough for Marab, who has consistently kind of been the guy getting stiffed to then fight down as we just gave everybody credit for fighting down. He's one where I'd say he's done enough that we don't need him to fight down and he should be next for the title. Um, so if you're, if you're interested in a fight with Cejudo, I don't hate it. I'd be interested in that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not hating uh, Umar versus Cejudo, but I do think potentially we're underestimating Corey Sanhagen's grappling in this. Absolutely. Like I think that dude is really good on the ground. If you haven't seen the Yuri Alcantara fight, 
go do yourself have a treat if you're an mma fan go watch Corey sandhagen versus yuri alcantara and i think your feeling on how good a grappler Corey sandhagen is is going to change um because that man has been put in some very very bad positions and come out on top and uh yeah i think his grappling's really good man both offensive and defensive dude yep. i mean it, it was an incredibly not entertaining fight but he just out grappled and wrestled Rob Font for five rounds of one arm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Rob Font isn't, you know, ADCC champion, but he is a high level bantamweight who knows how to defend takedowns, who knows how to get up. So uh, don't sleep on Corey Sanagan. Yeah, I do. I will say, though, I, I think there is a level between Corey and maybe a Cejudo or a Sterling or a Devalishvili in terms of like um, uh, focus on grappling, right? In terms of folk wanting that to be a bigger part of the game plan i think Corey sandhagen's most of the time more willing to strike although he mixes it up as as well as nearly anybody in mma but it seems to stay on the feet longer than let's say a sterling or Sahudo type fight um or definitely a marab type fight so i'm i'm okay if we get somebody who can test umar's grappling but i don't see many names it really is just like Sahudo at this point so i'm i'm yeah. game for that fight but i'd also think Corey would would test him everywhere as well um so good 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 choices to have if you're umar and if those guys are willing to fight uh, right. I like Cejudo, yeah. but I think he's going to – Cejudo wants that Moreno fight, and I actually think that makes a lot of sense. So. Makes a lot of sense. A couple more Super Chats. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Another Michael. Guys, slow down <laughs> on Ursaig before it becomes JDM. <laughs> Both those guys are great, so I'm not slowing down nothing. Hell no. I love those guys. Look, I mean, what do you want him to do? Like, did, the dude was ranked after his first UFC fight. He took it on short notice and got ranked right away. And then is delivered since. So let's give him a little steppy step and see what he can do. Throw Slow down here. before he becomes 11th ranked JDM. Like, that's a good spot to be in. I wouldn't yeah, be I, mad about being JDM. Yeah. yeah. Who's about to fight next week against Gilbert Burns? Fun ass. Fight. Yeah. Who, who could, at the end of next week, be looking at top five ranked JDM? Like... If that's if that if that's the the bad outcome, damn, then Urseg's in for in for a good yeah, ride. For, for a guy that we we didn't even hear of a few months ago, now potentially you know a top ten flyweight in the UFC. Yeah, I th- I think what Michael's getting at though is maybe the yeah. Hafez fight, like you know showed showed some things in JDM's game that maybe we were putting the card a little bit ahead of the horse, but. I do tend to throw out some of those in the weird circumstances, like switching opponents 14 times on a week's notice. I tend to like kind of dismiss those and, and wait for the next one and, and see where we're at. But um, I don't know. Urseg looks good against the competition he's faced. He's looked really good, but yeah, he may not be, he may not be, you know, the next big thing. He may not be shooting up the rankings, but the only way we're going to find out is when somebody says, okay, Steve Urseg, I'll, I'll fight you and let you yeah. potentially take my ranking. All right. Uh, got a super chat from, from Bleezy. Bleezy. Ariel versus Adrian Yanez. Wachayev should take one more. What do you think? Uh, Adrian Yanez versus Amin Sahabi. I'm just going to take a quick peek at the rankings. Is Yanez? Oh, yeah. By the way, Yanez, right? Um, oh, Yanez. Yeah. And he's no longer ranked unless my eyes are deceiving me. I'm, uh, you know, I could be lying, but no, he's no longer he's ranked, ranked. So, um, I don't hate it. I don't hate that at all. Yeah. What is Yanya's book? No. Is he in the wind right now? He's in the wind yeah, right let's now. He's do been it. finished in his last two let's fights. He got leg kicked. He got leg kicked into an yeah. oblivion by Jonathan Martinez. It was bad. Yep. Let's do yeah, it. I don't, I, I, I'm cool with that. Let's do Yanya's ver- – Yanya's – no, sorry. Let's do Ariel versus um, – who's Jonathan Martinez fighting next? He's, he's ranked 10, uh, though. Yeah, that's that's high. I don't I don't see him potentially getting that one. Jonathan, he could get Rob Font. I don't know. Mario Batista, okay. Rob Font, Font is fun too. I mean, we'll see. I wouldn't give him a rank guy just yet. Sure, whatever. He's close. He's close. Who's fifteen in the UFC bantamweight rankings right now? All right, uh, got a super chat from Trill House here. What's up, Trillhouse? Um, Akhayev wouldn't win if ground and knees were legal. I, I get the. Go ahead, I get. 
I get the, the implication here and I understand why, but I do, I think we have to acknowledge, and I've seen some of this before. We have to acknowledge that like, if the rules were different, the fight would be different, right? He wouldn't Absolutely. be putting himself in the same positions and doing the same things if he was in danger in those positions. So he's adapting to what the, the rule set is and as any fighter would do. So I don't think it's as easy as being like, well, now somebody can punt or knee him in the head and all of a sudden he's just going to be a sitting duck. I think he would just adapt to a different style. Would that potentially put him in more danger because of his style? Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's worlds where he's putting himself in, in spots that were previously not dangerous and now are a little more dangerous but i have to think he he's one thing he is not is he is not a stupid fighter he is not somebody who will who will put make himself vulnerable in ways um that could potentially be this harmful so i think he'd be able to adapt the style as would many of the fighters who are grappling based yeah mckayv wouldn't win if if knives were legal yeah <laughs> i mean sure i mean yeah his his a lot of his wrestling when he when he gets stuffed he he relies on the fact that he can't get kneed in the head that's yeah. completely normal of any grappler who fights MMA yeah that's and that's why grounded knees should be legal because it makes the fight more exciting and maybe there's a world where early on as let's say they do legalize this right and and it seems like California is interested in doing some of this let's say they do fight in California and this maybe the first couple of fights, there would be some potential danger here, right? Maybe getting used to that new rule and adapting your style might put them in potential danger. But I think long-term, like it's not a situation where if all of a sudden this rule came into play, Makayev would just be ineffective, right? There's, there's yeah. ways that you can adapt your game to this and he'd be smart enough to do that. Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. By the way, Eamon Zahabi versus Ricky Simone. He's the number 15th ranked guy. I like that fight. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, oh, we have a super chat, a four ninety nine super chat from an Achilles Jr. Yay, my best friend. Plus three thirty forty five is what it would have been if I didn't live in Texas. Can't make a real parlay, but thirty bucks is cool too. Yes, it is. Turn five into thirty into thirty five. So well done. Uh oh my god, that's so funny. I thought Texas is all about freedom. What's going on? Jeez. I, I gotta say if this is true. Uh, it's being reported right now uh, by MMA oh. Mania that the Tafa swap is complete because Junior stepped in for Justin, and now Justin is stepping in for Junior. To no way! <laughs> That's, That's incredible. Right That's now. incredible. They swapped fights. They swapped fights. I'm so. That's this is tremendous stuff. That's so smart. I'm going so to see if this is true. I'm going to see if this is true. If this was choreographed, if I they discussed it. this and made it happen, that's even more like that even blows my mind more. That's just incredible. It'd be like, I don't like this matchup too much. Oh, you like this one better. We're seeing things like let's swap off. Uh, if they if they calculated if, this like next level. Yeah. Next if Junior, level. If Junior would have won, then I think it's a, it's a much a much more interesting story. But yeah, it's still it's still very silly. But um, yeah, here we are. Wow. And um, wow, wow, wow. wow. I got mess. I got messages out on this, by the way. All right. Uh, and our last doing. super chat, maybe from Casey Carpenter once again. Apexy has no weight. Middleweighty has to be a middleweight. Although you can make a compelling case that the co-main event was a middleweighty light heavyweight fight. Yeah, that's my understanding of middleweighty, right? Can it apply outside of the middleweight division if it just is reminiscent of being a middleweighty fight? And we try, we try to use that example. It's not like there's, you can't, there's no middleweighty lightweight fights. You know what I mean? It's got to be like one eighty five and up. There's middleweighty heavyweight fights. There's middleweighty light heavyweight fights. There's obviously middleweighty middleweight I'm, fights. And by the way, I think Eric Anders might actually be the middleweighty middleweight champion now. Feels that way. Goes that way. He's the, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, as far as middleweight. Oh, he's the number one contender. He's the number one contender. <laughs> like if there's a money in the bank for the middleweighty middleweight title, Eric Anders is in it. Like he's he's won the beat the clock challenge. He's in. I just I mean we need to have a definition of apexy. I I see. I'm is this a construction of of Casey or is this a con, uh, not our Casey but Casey <laughs> Carpenter or is this a construction of MMA fighting that I wasn't aware of? Did Apexy originate with us or with with Casey? I've section. described, <laughs> I've described uh, like Apexy to just describe a card as a whole. Like mm. 
there have been mm. some apexy apex cards like this Got one it. i it was an apexy sort of main event but it wasn't like an apexy apex card because there were fights with stakes but we have had cards with like no stakes at all including the main event that to me is an apexy apex card the main but main an apexy domain. apex fighter the first ah, time we get a a fight that's outside the apex that's apexy that's going to be monumental that's going to be Ooh. sick when we get like a fight night in some random american city that's apexy now we're talking now we're cooking with gas that's going to be sick <laughs> ufc to pika yeah apex exactly that's apexy the site fee was too much but the card was just not able to come together <laughs> in that way apexy apexy i'm ready for it i love it love it are we good? good? You want to take some more? We got more questions. We're at our super chats, but we got some more questions. A couple we'll more. Find the best one because game bread, game bread's oh, on. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, best one, best one. Uh, is uh, is it, is a yes or no? Just a yes or no answer. Oops, oops. Where to go? Will Tommy <laughs> Aspinall defend a three hundred one versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, if like they that? move 301 to the apex perhaps <laughs> <laughs> tom we gotta fight for you it's finally time uh, <laughs> anything else um hmm. <laughs> more trivia this for Gazeev. What continent is Bahrain located? What's the size of Bahrain? How many islands make up the kingdom of Bahrain? What famous tree is in Bahrain? I <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I have no idea. We did the Jarzinho. We did the Jarzinho deep dive into Suriname and all of the specifics to it. And it was a tremendous time. But it that would have been a great like beginning of the show question. But we will answer it uh, perhaps on btl or maybe on heck of a morning that could be like the opening yeah. topic on tuesday i just know bahrain's in the middle east after that i'm done yeah that's about all but, uh, fame, I'm, I'm curious what the famous tree is but we'll yeah. find out <laughs> but thank you thank you um profites info for you know expanding our 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 mixed martial arts geography knowledge i feel more yeah. cultured after i have just googled where bahrain is so yeah. thank you <laughs> and Do you know what uh, the tree is I didn't get that far. I was just looking right, surface fair, level fair. at Wikipedia. <laughs> West Asia turns out is the continent. So, oh, being in the Middle East, yeah. All right. Okay, guys. Couple things. One, go watch Game Bread because it's gonna be fun as hell. That's going out right now. And if you got things to do, follow along MMAfighting.com. We'll be watching. I'll be watching. It's a tremendous website, and it should be a lot of fun. We are officially on the road, ladies and gentlemen, to UFC 299. We are officially on the road to a very busy week in combat sports. The aforementioned Francis Ngannou getting ready to box Anthony Joshua on Friday. We're going to have 299 Saturday. Two watch parties next week. It's going to be wild times, my friends. It's going to be wild times. So, maybe get some rest. Saddle up. Get some food. Watch some game bread. Get a good night's sleep. And then get ready for a very busy week, everybody. So thank you all very much. For Casey, for New York Rick, I am Mike Keck. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Only on MMA fighting, baby. Only on MMA fighting. The thumbs up you dropped yesterday was tremendous. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.